Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast, hosted by me, your boy. It's Ryan. I'm back again. Guys, and I have got a belter for you today. I am joined by Scott Vickers. Scott is an actor, producer, writer, director, and a very talented man, actually. And I had a really good chat with Scott, actually. It was so much fun. Very relaxed, very chilled taking a piss and learning about the film industry and what his previous uh, accomplishments were, previous films he's been in, uh, previous films he's actually made himself. Uh, obviously had a feature film, Matriarch, which uh, you should check that out, guys. It is a belter. It's proper weird. It's scary as hell, but I really enjoyed it. But uh, he's just released a, a short film, which he's put through for uh, an award. It's called G-Angel. This is a really crazy film, and it's one of the best short films I have ever seen, uh, which if you see the trailer for it, I'm actually quoted on it. Check it out, and it's from this podcast. Is the quote is from this show. Hey, my name is Up and Light, so thank you very much for that, Scott. So, guys, without further ado, and me rabbiting on about a lot of bullshit, welcome and please enjoy the extremely talented Scott Vickers. Still can never get used to that recording in progress in Zoom. How you doing, Scott? You all right? I'm good. Good. Very good. You? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just had a kid. A young as, as, yes. a, as a boy you just had? A boy. So that's two boys now. Yeah. Two boys. Take it over, mate, I tell two you. Two boys. Yeah. I bet you missed. I was going to say the missus is going, for fuck's <laughs> sake, not more. <laughs> Luckily, we've got a girl dog. So, <laughs> kind, of, kind of evens it up a little bit, sort of thing, you know. Still, okay. yeah, st- still outnumbered, but you know, still outnumbered. But she's got a little companion there. That's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, as well, I've noticed because I've got a daughter, and she's like, um, uh, she's like a daddy's girl. So she's basically got two two mommy's boys, really, isn't she? Okay. So you're kind of outnumbered, but you're not really. They're gonna gang up on you later yeah. on in life. That's it. Yeah. So. um but I've been, yeah, so Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. I've been uh, I've been looking forward to this because I'm a self-confessed film buff. I love films. I love cinema. I love all that sort of stuff. Only reason why is because I really wanted to do it when I was a kid and I wasn't good enough. So um, oh. I decided to go behind the, the microphone and instead of being in front of the camera, I'm behind the microphone and I'm talking bullshit to people as well, and, well instead. So uh, I've been really excited for this because you've got a lot of stuff going on. I've been doing some digging, <laughs> actor, director, writer, anything that you can't do right now, Scott? Uh, bricky. I'm not very good at bricklaying. <laughs> one skill I probably need to learn. I know, that's <laughs> it. You never know. You never know. But you've had, you've had um, quite an impressive um, a recent few months, to be honest. A few months, years over the past year, I think it's really been kind of gone crazy over the past few years even. Because you've uh, you've been in kind of high profile as your acting career, you've been in some high profile uh, kind of shows and films and all that sort of stuff. But you've kind of ventured out yourself as well, haven't you? Yeah, um, I mean, I started doing my own stuff a long time ago, but you know, started off small with short films and stuff. But I just really got a taste for it, and um, it was wanting to be more creative. Whereas as an actor, you know, you're, you're delivering other people's work and especially in theater on in theater it's even more so it's like you you're doing exactly what they want you know what you're told to do choreography you know acting everything has got to be just so 
when I did screen acting, that's a, there's a little bit more flexibility there. You get to, you know, add your own take on things. Um, but it wasn't enough. I wanted to make my own stuff. I wanted that creativity. Yeah. And, and that's where it started. Started with short films and all sorts of stuff. And then I did some commercial work uh, for a commercial agency. And then eventually, oh, it's about three four years ago now i finally made my first feature film matriarch and i made that up in scotland just just north of glasgow nice it's awesome. my, home, my hometown god yeah. i bet that was interesting for you <laughs> wasn't it oh it's great it was really supportive <laughs> the whole and Gla- glasgow is a big part of my life actually you know because i was in river city for four years and then mm. when i started to put out there that i was you know wanted to make my own film i got a lot of support um, from the community, from the filmmaking community in Glasgow, and it was great, and it turned out to be a huge success. It was massive, wasn't it, River City? It was uh, one of those kind oh, of things yeah, that City. just went huge. Is it still going now, is it? It's still going. It's still going. It's wow. And it's just huge, especially in Glasgow. I mean, you could you could probably have an A-lister, you know, some Hollywood A-lister walk down the street. <laughs> the Glaswegians would be like, yeah, whatever, but there's someone from River City over there. <laughs> that's you know what I mean? so, uh, it's so fickle. It's when it comes to like yeah. still games. Still games are the one that always comes to mind about the Scottish thing. Well, you, back when I was a kid, it was like Rabsy Nesbitt. I'm showing my age now. And then it, what can I went into like kind of different things and then still game came out and it's just blew up but still again brilliant absolutely fantastic up that i just i I watch it now and it never gets old it's cheesy it's funny and it's stupid it's just perfect it's just it's just so funny i used to watch it all the time on a sunday like a sunday afternoon when i got a little bit of a hangover stick that on on netflix and just do a big massive marathon and i'm content with my life get a dominoes done job done so satisfying i mean it's so it's i mean you well Obviously, when you go back, let's go back into kind of down the memory lane sort of thing, if you don't mind, Scott. I mean, sure. getting into acting is incredibly hard. You see all these sort of people like kind of always want to be actors and they're pursuing it and they just don't like crack it. I mean, what, hmm. what how did you get into it and what did you go through? Did you go through like, um, uh, like a, a drama school or anything like that? I did, I did a, a year at a drama school, but <clears throat> I grew up doing performing arts from a really young age so I was always doing amateur dramatics in the shows going to classes and all stuff so, so my both my sisters were in performing arts so I kind of just ended up in it so by the time I got to you know leaving school and looking at drama schools I could kind of already do all that stuff and I, so I did a year at a drama school Merseyside Dance and Drama and another little drama drama school I kind of moonlighted a little bit at some drama schools because I kind of knew that I was already kind of at a level where I could probably get work and then I just started auditioning and I just started to get work in theatre yeah Uh, and that's kind of how how it started really so yeah it was pretty much from a childhood full of performing arts so you what was it you mentioned theatre there was it more theatre performance you wanted to go into or did you want to kind of start with that and then can I'm I don't know, say merge into the film side of things. At that time, I didn't really know. I just wanted to be a professional within performing arts, really. And uh, I had most success with theatre and musical theatre, actually. So the whole lot, singing, dancing, acting. And I, I didn't specifically think, oh, I want to be an actor. I just didn't know. I just kind of did what I was good at. Yeah. just went with it, really, at that point. And then as I progressed and started to do more and more theatre, I realised that actually screen is something more 
something I wanted to do even more than, than theatre. I didn't like the repetitions part of theatre and 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 I just wanted to kind of start to move towards screen and going to and that, that progression started from there, yeah. Yeah, theatre's really difficult. I always impressed when people, let's say, you know, they're a theatre actor, they're like they're in Broadway or they're doing something like that because it is proper intense. It's like you're doing like two shows a day for literally weeks yeah. on end, aren't you? And it's just like... Holy crap. If you don't know your lines to start with, you're definitely going to know them after the first week. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll be going home, recite them in your head constantly. But it's just like, it's so intricate and it's so nerve wracking, at least with, with film and uh, you're doing it that way in television, you can, you can fuck up and you can have a laugh and a joke about it. You can't really do that live on stage, can you? No. Have you ever done no, that before? You have, you, have you done that before on stage? Oh yeah, oh, we've all messed up. Everyone's messed up in, on stage, but we, we call it when you uh, freeze and start laughing. We call it corpsing, on, and I've done my fair my fair few of fair few corps. I tell you on the stage, and the bigger the show, the funnier it is. That's the thing. Did the the audience get involved with it as well? They go, "Oh, you fucked up, you fucked up," but like not the shows that I've done. No, not the shows that I've done. Maybe maybe pantomimes that happens. Yeah. But. <laughs> it just shows you that it just proves what shows I go to, sort of thing. That just shows my taste and shows, you know. I'd be the, I'd be the one starting it, you know. You're in London Palladium, and I'm like, you Scott, you wanker, you know. And everybody's <laughs> yeah. looking at me, going, "Excuse me, who let the Scotsman in? Yeah. Get him out, the ruffian." But <laughs> but yeah, so the the, the theatre. I've always um. I loved the theatre. Um, I didn't really know much about it uh, until I moved down from well, from Scotland down to England. And obviously, you've got West End here. You've got the huge sort of thing here. Mm. And I went, and I think one of my favourite ones. I mean, I'm I've got such a stupid sense of humour. Um, and it was the Book of Mormon, and uh, I got taken to see that. I had no idea what it was, and I was like, oh, no, I don't like the theatre because the one beforehand, I went and watched um, Miss Saigon, and it freaks me out okay. because. They, 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 they don't talk, they sing. They just, I don't know how that, that was like, wow, they sing their lines. And it's just like, well, this is a bit <laughs> strange. But I went and watched um, uh, uh, Book of Mormon and I've never laughed so much in my entire life. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then I realised the person I went with, she was like, oh, it's the people who do South Park. And I was South like, oh Park, God, yeah. I need to get this. I need to come again. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I mean, with the, 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 the side of things with theatre and all that sort of stuff, it's very critical. And I, and I kind of, when people that are critic are critical against you and your work, how, how does that, how do you, do you go over that? Do you take it to heart? Or do you just brush it off and go, yeah, it's their opinion? It's just, it, you've been in the industry for as long as I have. It's just accept it. It's like you, you can never please everyone with, with what you create. It's yeah. just, you know, you just can't please everyone. So if, if you go into it trying to, thinking that everyone is going to like what you create you're going to be onto a loser you know i mean the some of the greatest shows we're talking about shows lame is for example probably the greatest show ever that was absolutely panned by the critics really absolutely panned yeah wow. panned some of the greatest films were as well you know like things like some some people say that dirty dancing for example is in the top 10 best ever films which is probably true that was another one that was absolutely slated um, well, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a 30 year old guy seducing a 16 year old girl. Something not right there, Scott. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well, was he 30? Was he 30? He oh, must be. He, he was, was about 25 at the time. Uh, it's still not, doesn't uh, make it any better, does it's it? It's still a bit weird. It's, it's still a bit weird. Yeah, I didn't. 
didn't think Sweetie. didn't think of that aspect of it. You've just totally destroyed the film. <laughs> I but, think I've uh... just, I'll tell you what, this podcast, I have destroyed <laughs> everything. I've destroyed Harry Potter. The Harry Potter fans hate me. And I think I've just destroyed the, the Dirty Dancing genre. I think they hate me now as well. There's not many left. You know, uh, I might as well just no, tick the box. But, but uh, no, you have to develop a, a pretty thick skin. I mean, when I first released Matrox, actually, no, I tell a lie, we hadn't released it and we got bad reviews from from people on imdb it hadn't even been out yet people no saying this is the worst film ever i was like well i know you've not seen it yet so that just you know you have to just <laughs> accept it. accept that some people are not going to like what you do and some people are going to love it you know hopefully yeah. they always say don't so, they no. yeah they always say if you don't get criticized you don't get a troll you've not made it until you get your first troll sort of thing which is uh it's going to happen i had you my put first yourself one. in the limelight that's it. Yeah, you've that's had your it. first troll. I've had my first troll. I was so excited, Scott. Because I was talking to I was talking to one of the girls before. You've made it. You've and made that's it. it. And I had my first troll. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because I've been putting stuff on TikTok uh recently as well. And um, if you want to find us on TikTok, what line podcast on TikTok, thank you. It's a shameless plug, it's my show, I can do what I want. But <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'll put some videos on there. Oh yeah, some guys like, oh you, uh so I can't remember what he said, he just said something stupid. I said, oh, this looks like shit or something like that. And I was like, yes, finally, I've made it. Somebody hates me. Get in there. It's a sign of success. <laughs> but then somebody else called me and said that I looked like um, uh, Johnny Sin's dad. No, the, the porn star, Johnny Sin. He said, oh, right. I look like his dad. I can't, can't say I know who that is. But, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's moving swiftly <laughs> along. <laughs> Segway. Segway. But but yeah, you have to get, you have to get on with the trolls, though. Because if you don't just do the trolls and stuff. I can know you're saying it's like, yeah, whatever. But have you got anyone's like, you know, you always get critics uh, that like, you still get critics like, like proper, like you it's probably moved away yeah. and amalgamated away from the newspapers. It's more websites now. Do you get ones that yeah. really, that never like your stuff that are really harsh towards you for no reason? Like you've pissed them off. I haven't got any kind of recurring bad critics yet. I'm probably not quite, I don't have a big enough body of work to kind of recognize, oh, that <laughs> critic hates me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait till I next year. I haven't, uh, I'm not quite there yet. That will be, a, that will be a big step up. It's like, oh, that critic from the Guardian, it's probably going to be the Guardian newspaper. A critic at the Guardian oh, is not going to like me. I mean, just look at me. <laughs> I'm married, straight and white. They're going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've got the perfect life. How dare you be successful? How yeah. dare you? So I'm sure there will be at some point. That's, uh, what would Diana say? But um, it's just yeah, it's just cool though. I love critics. I, I, you always have to just kind of just kind of mug them off, sort of thing. But it's really quite exciting. Yeah. It's um, so you moved away from like the kind of uh, the how can we say it? the the theatre the, the side of stuff. Sorry, and you went into films. What was that like? Taking the step from the theatre into like kind of or going in front of the camera. Well, it was it was scary because I was doing really well in my kind of theatre career at the time. I mean, I was actually in. Chicago on the West End, which is my last oh, wow. big theatre show. And I thought, well, let me finish on something that is really decent. And actually, it was in that show that I met a guy called Terence Maynard. And he's a guy that has acted opposite some amazing actors and directors, you know, like um, Ray Liotta. He did uh, with the Guy Ritchie film Revolver. He was like Such a, good film. A, a main main role in that. Um He's worked with Tom Cruise. I mean, he's done, he's worked with everyone. I mean, he's probably one of those guys that you don't know his name, but you'll recognize his face. He's just always in work. He's great. And he's right. a great guy. And I met him in Chicago. He was playing Billy Flynn. And he said to me, Scott, you need to, you need to be on camera. You need to 
you need to just get on on tv and film yeah. i think you do really well at it and he kind of encouraged me to do it and and from there i just that was my goal and um i went out to to with a plan um to get onto tv and i think within about a year i'd landed my first role um and i went on from there and there's a little bit of a uh, what's the word you kind of pigeonholed a little bit if you're coming from theater especially musical theater they all right cast and directors in tv kind of think oh yeah they're going to be big and loud and everything's going to be big they're not right for tv so you get a bit of a name if you so it's quite hard to transition from musical theater into straight right. acting but i was just lucky and i worked hard and got my first couple of roles on tv and then i just kept getting roles luckily i mean they were just small roles but yeah decent speaker i had lots of lines which is the main thing and then it just went went on from there and at the same time i studied directing and producing and screenwriting at the same time so it all kind of all happened at the same time it's about a year between your first guess a long time as well is that is that like a normal yeah. sort of thing or is, can it be longer it can be longer. I mean, it's a big transition to make going from musical theater to, to screen art, even to get an agent. They were like, I don't know, you've, you know, you're in musical theater. It's a totally different thing. And it really is a different skill. Yeah. Um, so it took a bit of time. So really that was quite quick going from theater straight into a, an acting role on TV. That was quite a year is pretty quick. It's good. That's good. So it's, yeah. I mean, and that must be kind of, even if it a year is dead, you say it's a short space of time it couldn't yeah. be it's a still a long time that might how did you keep yeah. yourself going what was the sort of thing because was there times we just went what am i doing should i go back to theater or how did yeah, you keep yourself course. motivated through that period i'm a bit of a, a worker i'll do whatever it takes work-wise i'm not one of these that will you know not just unless it's an acting job i'm not going to work i just i did everything i worked in clubs um in between i just i just kind of kept the income coming in however yeah. I could. Um, so I no, I didn't sit on my ass and and I actually, at that time, I was doing a lot of photography because I was studying cinematography and photography. And it was the time when digital cameras were really coming in. And because I was studying it, I kind of knew all the new stuff. So I was, I was like one of the first guys to start using digital cameras and using Photoshop. Right. And so I started to do that in between. And it was great because helped me with my studies of you know photography so like i say I'll, I'll i'll do whatever it takes to to get where i want to go and i'll you know i you know i did lots of different jobs really just kind of working on your craft sort of thing try and improve and keep yourself going and yeah adding, adding to your skill yeah. set because i think a lot of people would probably get a little bit kind of disillusioned thinking they're going to come out and they're probably i would probably imagine it wouldn't be in that sort of scenario it'd probably only come out of like kind of like school sort of thing like, i'm gonna be a, i'm gonna be rich and famous yeah. and and then next thing you know it's just kind of drops down like the nope. reality hits oh my reality like hits and you realize yeah you realize it's not so easy and it's not easy but you do have to really work at it i think a lot of people in the arts and this is a big generalization but they have this kind of thought that you're gonna get seeing this whole thing oh i'm gonna get seen and then i'm just gonna get handed a job yeah. and it doesn't work like that it takes a lot of work promotion developing yourself going to classes meeting people creating show reels doing short films and all that stuff and a lot of people aren't prepared to put that work in mm. um but you you have to put that work in to even be given a chance and then you have to be given a chance 
Yeah, but, exactly. It doesn't come doesn't come yeah. hand in hand sort of thing. You have to put the grind in. Being 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 found or seen in a supermarket, you you you've got it. It's your face. <laughs> going to be in the next movie. That's it. That, there's this kind of fairy tale that floats around yeah. a lot of actors and people in performing arts. They think that might happen somehow. You know, that's, uh, it just doesn't happen. It's a fairy tale. I know. As I mean, I, I was going to say it's happened to me before, but instead of saying you're famous, you say I've seen you on Crime Watch. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, you okay. you something like get out. <laughs> you just see a rhine rhine shaped hole in the wall. I'm like, do. I'm out. I'm out of here. <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's funny the way that people are like that. They think that, do you think, is this always been like that with actors and stuff coming through the ranks? Or is it just a new thing? Because the way I'm, the reason why I say it is because of the new generation, there have always been, if you listen to this, guys, I'm not dissing on the new generation. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you in the near future. <laughs> we fucked the country up for you. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, well, actually, the whole world. Have fun. But um, is it because they've been handed a lot through? Because when we were kids, I know, I mean, I'm, I'm 38, I'm not sure of yourself, but um, we had to connect. We didn't have all the necessary good mm. gadgets and the, the opportunities we had. We had to sit there, and if you were bored, you'd have to go and make something up or do something. And, mm create something these the new generation haven't had that do you think that's one of the main reasons they have that sort of disillusion i think there is something there definitely i notice it um when i work with the new generation um generally they they'll, they'll come on set say i'm you know i like to get people involved and help teach people you know i've just set up a company to tra- train and coach people and i have noticed that the new generation they'll they're less motivated to put the work in, it seems. And that's a generalization. And of course, there's lots that are, they work really hard. But the ones that work really hard always seem to be working. Yeah. But I am noticing that this generation does tend to come and sit on their phone a lot. You know, the, oh, come, come and come and you, you come on to come on to our film set. You, you know, you can come and learn. They'll come on and they'll just go on their phone. I'm just like, what are you doing? Such a like, good opportunity. You know, Soak information up, you know? I mean, yeah. So, yeah, I have noticed it a lot. And it is that new digital age um, has something to do with it. I'm sure of it. It's a bit of a strange one as well. It's basically because I've got, I've got a six-year-old daughter. I was the, the, the ginger general uh, is what I call her. Because she has a little, she's a nut. She bosses me about like hell. She's got to be wrapped in a little finger, Scott. I can't lie to you. But she turned into me the other day there. And she goes, uh, I go, so what do you want to go when you grow, uh, do when you grow up? Because she's into uh, like a theatre and dance and we take her to stage school. She's fucking right. cracking, crack fantastic at it. So one minute it was like, I want to be a singer and a dancer. I'm like, yes, I've got to be famous. You better buy me a house. Otherwise I'm disowning you. I'll put you through this. <laughs> and um, then the next week, next week I asked her, I was like, so you still want to be a singer and dancer? No, nah, I don't want to do that, daddy. I was like, what do you want to be then? She was like, I want to be a YouTuber. And I literally, I, I, I nearly just, I just went, oh, I hate my life. Why have I just brought up a kid who wants to be a YouTuber? You know, I'm like, is this what we're coming to? Is that now a profession in life that I want to be a, a, an influencer? Oh, my God. <sighs> what have we done to this world, Scott? I oh, know. It's that, you know, easy, isn't it? That <laughs> easy money type thing. All I need to do is sit and make videos and I'm going to get loads of money. Mm. Even yeah, that's, that's not that's... as easy anymore. I think that's no. that's starting to become difficult because everyone's caught on to it. Everyone's like, no, they've got it's not yeah. 2010 anymore. No, people think that oh, they've got a million followers. That means that they're earning a lot of money. It's just not. It's not the way. 
Yeah, no, I, I just got my uh, my YouTube. This is the bad thing about this, right? As I just got my YouTube and uh, monetized, which is great. Uh, in partnership, fantastic. So I said, right, I need to advertise this. So I thought, right, so I'm getting money through ads. I'm going to put some put some advertisement behind it to see grow my my channel and stuff. So I, yeah. I chucked down uh, an AdWords, chucked twenty quid into the AdWords and say, see what I get. See what the I was being sensible. I was doing. I was being semi businessy. You know, trying yeah. to be a yeah, businessman, yeah. YouTuber, businessman, podcaster, whatever you want to say. So I chucked 20 quid in the AdWords and I was like, right, if I get like 40 pound back from the ads that I'm going to get from YouTube, because I've got like 15, good 20 videos, I thought, where well, you go, double down on that. So I chucked 20 quid in, I just sat there and watched. I went, oh, it's getting, it's getting higher, it's getting higher. Do you know how much I made after that 20 pound for three days? Go on. 20 pence. <laughs> 20 That's fucking good, pence. Uh... Thousand percent reduction. <laughs> no, right. So I'm just like, well, I'm not doing that anymore. So, guys, if you're looking to do that, don't do that. There you go. That's that's the end of my TED talk. Don't get to YouTube and start paying for ads so you can get ad money. I think that's the most fucking stupid thing in the world. Yeah, I think those uh, ads that the 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 campaigns they call them. I'm not sure they work too well. Nah, nah. And you always get these guys going. I'll teach you. I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. And you're like, okay. And then you get on there in five minutes. You're like, you're an idiot. I don't like you. I've had so many Zoom calls with people going. I'll teach you how to do your SEO. I'll teach what you. What is how it to with make- YouTube oh. at the moment? You turn it on and it's someone telling you to come on a course and I'm going to teach you how to be a millionaire. If you come and do this, you'll be a millionaire within one year. Well, why? If you know this information, why are you sat on YouTube wanting to, me to pay you twenty quid? If you know all this secret stuff, then just keep doing that and earn the millions. No, don't don't waste your time doing this. I get. I get. Kind of, it's not just YouTube, man. I get them through me. I get constant emails every week of these like kind of courses, guys selling courses and all that sort courses. of stuff. Saying yeah. crypto courses, entrepreneurial courses. Yeah, I can make you millions within a certain amount of time. You're like, no, you can't, mate. Stop doing that. And I always have to tell yeah. them to do one. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. And they keep following up five or six <sighs> times. I'm just like, I had to. I blocked a bunch of them just to get away from it. What so courses you- are they selling? Trying to sell you? Podcasting getting, courses. No, it's they, they want to come on the show to sell their course to oh. all my listeners and stuff. So they look, I want to be a guest because I can teach people how to be great within themselves. I'm a mental coach. I had a um oh this is a great a one. mental coach, right? A mental coach. Well, oh, she's a motivational speaker. She's, I like, coach this. you to be mental. <laughs> I tell you what, I don't want that, mate. I just don't I don't want that. Do you know, and it's, I've had, I've had some, this guy come on, he's like a motivational speaker, I'm a life coach. And I'm like, okay, just curious, how old are you? He goes, I'm 24. I'm like, you sound, I'm sorry, what now? You're 24 and you're a life coach. You ain't fucking got a life to fucking coach. How dare you? You know, I keep saying that to a couple of my buddies and they're like, they, they turn around to me and say, get them on anyway. I goes, what? I goes, we'll come on as well and we'll just destroy them, just berate them on the podcast. <laughs> He goes, he won't know what's fucking happening. He goes, one of mate Charlie, he, one of the guests I had on, my first guest I've had on the show, Charlie, he goes, he says, you've not a proper podcast or interview until somebody's walked off. And goes, you've not had that yet. We need to make this happen. So there you go. Some, some might happen in the next few months. <laughs> Keep an eye out, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You never know what's going to happen. See, oh, look at that. That's, that's a to be continued moment there, right? That to be continued. Hook, line and sinker, guys. <laughs> Got myself a Marlin. It sounds so. good. I'd tune in. I'd tune in for that. <laughs> but um, the see, drama, the drama. We gotta love a bit of drama. We love a bit of drama. But yeah. uh, that's what we do. That's what. We, that's what. You, well, you know exactly more about that sort of thing, don't you? You love uh, getting involved. So you're getting involved with the film stuff now, Scott. I mean, 
you're now mm. getting into, I want to talk about your new, um, your, your short film that you just released. Um, you sent it over to us um, a couple of, yeah. couple of days back and um, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard going to be fair. It's a hard watch, not a hard watch as in, as it's like, oh my God, but it's like yeah. the, the subject matter behind the, it is pretty Subject cool. matter, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the one thing that I actually really resonated with is the song that you use for it. You know, I know you got this, the, this kind of upcoming band, come on, but it's, that's a really yeah. heavy song. I mean, I like my kind of metal music and stuff like that, but I think, right. If you don't mind me saying that the song really resonates with that to yeah. get that punch, it's like it's like someone ramming this home. It's the rage, it's yeah. the rage, and yeah, you know, know, and metal music can be really cinematic, and I just mm. I just love it. And this whole theme that I was kind of coming up with, you know, I said it in some of my posts, you know, because people, a couple of people went, "Oh, I don't like the action genre." I'm like, it's not about the genre. It's like yeah. it's a total expression of, you know, someone said what is this about why have you made it i was like i want to be really honest and i had to sit down and think why why did i want to make this but it's a- actually total rage internal rage at this whole thing that's happening whether it's been happening i'm sure it's been happening for a long long time but why do we have establishments and people in power protecting these types of people like jimmy savile and you know Jer- uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, and also that all the shit that's happening in all these towns yeah. all over the country where you know and it's just like the focus always seems to be well people have turned away people in power and everyone the public as well we've kind of turned our back a little bit or a lot however you want to look at it on the victims in all of this and it just yeah. makes me so angry it's like the people that need looking after the most we've turned our back on for like what political reasons because you know with the whole rape gangs in the north not just in the north was it it was all over small towns all over the country um because it might have looked made someone look racist or something oh my god wake up you know these establishments uh that we're meant to trust you know police and judges and and everything it just it's just been a total it's just been a total letdown i just I just got so anguished by it. It's like, how yeah. can that be these young kids? It's the worst possible circumstance I can imagine. Um, and I just don't understand how we can operate like that. And so the film just came out of rage towards that. Right. And then I started to talk about the, the idea for the storyline with my business partner, who's a fantastic DP called Ian Libsey. And, and he said, I want to introduce you to this music from a local band, a, Man- a Manchester band, a metal band called Making Blind Eye See. And then, of course, the track then, I found this track on the album and, and the meaning behind it, it was just a bit of synchronicity, do you know what I mean? And it was perfect. Yeah. And then I found out more of the meaning about the song. I'm like, this is meant to be. And then that's that's how it came about. But yeah, it just came from anger, uh, you know, towards all these people that have not protected all these women and kids over the years i mean these establishments like the bbc and everyone and with the jimmy savile thing they, they covered it up yeah how can you do that it's bad enough how it's can bad. you do that i think we it's probably so, don't yeah, know so that half of it came from yeah so i would just say we don't think we know no. half of it sort of thing and it's uh, it's a bit of a no shit, of course not 
Of course not. And but it's, it's the it's the cover up and it's the turning the backs and, yeah. and all this stuff and it's yeah, just exactly. like it just can't happen, you know. It's got because you've got a very uh, kind of well a talented cast. You obviously you get the talented musicians to put the song to. You've always got a talented cast. Mm. I mean, if you knew the, the yeah. cast for a long time, is that people you could you you know because you're making this film as like a well, this is your voice sort of thing coming out, and you're obviously mm. putting it towards for like a show and all that sort of stuff. Uh, uh, mm. Awards and stuff. Did uh, were you a bit kind of skeptical about who to actually put in each part? Well, my my agent and manager, she's also a casting director as well. So oh. I just I sent her the breakdown, and she sent me loads of potential angels. The character is called Angel, and um, I just kind of sat through a lot of self tapes. And so no, I didn't know the cast at all before. Um, it was just a matter of finding someone right and and Hetty uh, McIntyre who did it she just had that spark that the performance was just perfect that coldness because obviously the character in the film had has come through sex trafficking and managed to educate herself and in the whole with the whole idea of getting revenge inflicting revenge so her, her whole life is geared at the moment was getting revenge you know for, that for, for what she'd been through and all these other girls and kids that have been through it so um she just did it brilliantly in, in her audition and that's as simple as that that's how i cast her and she did it in uh, a lot of graphic detail as well, yeah. which is always yeah. good. You always at the end of it, you're just like, "Fuck yes, get in there!" Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, get, yeah. get up some of that. It's you're great, fight up. back. Exactly, yeah. and that's the thing. It's a, it's a great message behind it as well. I think it's it's one of the ones when I sort of watched it, it made you, it makes you think, it makes you sit back and go, "Yeah, you can you can see straight away the message and." The, obviously, and you can see the anger, and you can hear it in the music as well. And mm -hmm. um, you've uh, you've obviously uh, put forward for is it is it an award you've put it forward through? Yeah, so it's the biggest short film competition in the world, and it's done by Road, who make microphones and stuff for, for independent filmmakers. They're yeah. a great well, company, actually. I know, I know, oh. I've got one as well. Q. There we go. <laughs> what do you call it? Plug. Plug. <laughs> yeah, no. There are other microphones and cameras available. It's got a great sound, that you know, Beautiful, a, a road listening. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna clip this and I'm gonna send it to them. I'm gonna say, give you some free stuff. So, so you like the short film then? Love it. I liked it. Love I take it, it you I like it. it. It sounds like you liked it. I did. I did. I really enjoyed it. It's great because you don't really see this sort of like kind of, um, I would say grittiness very much anymore. It's all about all sunshine and rainbows and superhero films and all that sort of stuff. You don't really see any dark grittiness anymore. Not like back when we were mm. kids, you know, we, did, we, did, we had lots of films that were really proper, like, whoa, take a step back sort of thing. Yeah. Don't get that much anymore, you know? It's And it's good to see yeah. something, but with a message behind it for a reason. I don't, sometimes I don't like films that are just doing it for shock value, just for the sake of Superficial, you've got to have something yeah. beneath yeah. it. Otherwise, so, all that action and all that stuff is for nothing, nothing, you know what I mean? And, and, but if you've yeah. got that, so sort of, if you're doing it with that sort of aspect, yeah, loved it. Carries it through. It carries the story through. Yeah. So, so would you say it's the best short film you've ever seen, Brian? <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie to you, Scott. Can we just quote? Can I quote you on that? I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've seen a lot. I tell you what, I've seen a lot of short, short films in my time, but I think that's probably up there. I probably see it is. I probably see it is just because of the, the the voice behind it. it's probably one of the best I've seen. With all the uh, the the message and the anger behind it and the way that I think it's great.
So there you go. You can, can, quote we that quote you? can we quote you on that? Of course you can. Don't know if my quotes but <laughs> means nothing. Who the fuck's this Ryan Walker? What the fuck's podcast is he doing? What are you over? Who the fuck's this? But the yeah. best short film ever, Ryan Walker. I can see that. Love just, it. Let me just note that down. Note it down. Straight on Instagram with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting. I'll be coming off this. You'll be like, can you send me that clip, please, by the way, on Instagram? I just want to put it out there. Well, all right, cool. Oh, good enough, good enough. Instant, instant plug in it, instant plug. So, so you go this. I mean, when does this uh, the competition finish? When's the what's the deadline for it? I don't actually know when they announce the winners, but the, yeah. the deadline as far as submission is passed. That was last week. I mean, we we shot it five days before the submission deadline. Right. <laughs> so, so it's been hectic. So I was literally editing it every day right up to the deadline. Wow. So it's um, talk about new. It's a very, very new film. It'll probably be the newest one they've got. Um, so I don't know exactly when they'll be announcing. I've no idea. Or all, all I was doing was trying to get it in before the submission yeah. deadline. Is we that made panel, it. So then I kind of went. Is that a panel of judges the way to do it? The judge it, or is it voted? Yeah. Is it, is both. That, they've got both. Oh, right. They've got a people's vote one. Um, so love people to vote for it if they can. Um, and there's also judges as well. So it's a combination. Fantastic. That's exciting stuff. It's exciting. So yeah. you've done the short film. It's been put out there. You've seen it. It's sort of your, your, your kind of stamp on the, the industry. What's next for you? What, what's Because I don't know oh, you've got a, a school. You mentioned you've got your, um, your kind of acting school as well, haven't you? Yeah. So during COVID, I decided to put kind of all, all my knowledge into kind of a website or at least create um, a website so people can access me and some other directors for coaching um, along the way of kind of me being in TV acting and directing for whatever reason people have come to me for coaching so it happened a bit organically you know with me coaching and then it just always went really well the people that I've coached have gone on and done really well so I just thought you know I like helping I get a lot of satisfaction out of casting people I think a lot of drama schools out there don't teach the right thing when I say the, the right thing I think that practical side right. of what is needed there's certain things that is needed for a professional actor to, to really succeed and I think that is lacking a lot at drama school it's very theory based and kind of safe in a way. Right. Um, so I teach that stuff that you often don't get at drama school and it goes down really well. And, and it's all from my own experience. It's not, I didn't do the whole big drama school thing and I didn't go to a prestigious act. I didn't go to a Rada or a Lambda or anything like that. I kind of learned it by doing it. You know, I threw myself in the deep end and just learned that way. And so I'm not, as an actor, I'm not like a, a trained actor in that yeah. way. I, I learned in a very different way and I'm very different um, from kind of the, the ways the ways that those trained actors approach things very different from me. But the stuff that I developed is seems to be very effective for, for a lot of people. It really helps a lot of people. So I decided to set it up properly with a proper website, uh, you know, make it official where, you know, actors can just sign on and, booking through the website uh all sorts of things where we're doing um a showreel retreat which gets actors that haven't quite managed to get great decent roles yet on tv so i get in um a professional film crew we shoot original scenes for them and so they get the experience of that playing like a lead role 
with a professional film crew. And then also they get the footage as well to then, you know, take them forward in their career. And it's just a great experience for actors. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing like that. That gives them an extra sort of like conference boost, or you could teach them and well, point them in the right direction, you know, because a lot of people might not know yeah. where to go and how to do it. And having that sort of like kind of support there would be is invaluable. It's a great, great value to to any sort of budding actor or actress, I should say. I mean, it's um coming, I'm gonna put you on the spot now. Anyone listening to this who's let's say a right early in their career, what advice would you give them uh, who are just starting off, want to get into yeah. it? What would you say? Get yourself on set and do short films, do anything you can, make your own stuff, but make stuff and, and do the thing that you need to do to get to the next level. So, you know, go on Mandy or shooting, uh, shooting People, which is an independent platform, get yourself into actual productions, even if it's working for free, just to get that experience. Get a coach, learn from people that are doing it, that's really important, I think. Get yourself together, linked up in some way with people that have been there and done it. Learn that way. So learn by doing really yeah. the practical side of it. That's that's my biggest piece of advice uh, to any actor trying to trying to get there. And get material to put forward. Get you know we're living in the digital age, so it's so important for an actor to have a, a solid showreel. So I get hundreds of actors coming to me saying it's not working for me. I'm not getting anywhere. Can I see your showreel? And they'll send me self-tapes or an iPhone camera, which is, yeah, an iPhone camera. (laughs) So they haven't put the time and so it's not just about, they don't have the material to show their acting. They'll have something that if you send to a casting director, they'll look at it and go, this person hasn't invested in themselves. Yeah. That is, I cannot tell you how common that is. It seems like 90% of actors that are trying to make it do not have a decent showreel. And so it's just it's something that you have to get. <laughs> so part That's of the reason the thing, why yeah. I set this thing up, you know, you have to promote yourself. It's, it's part of it. Um, people are not going to trust that you're good. And even if you do an audition, they want to see other stuff. They want to see you on camera and being brilliant and authentic so you've got to have material yeah that's fair enough as you say great way to put it if you don't invest in yourself why would somebody else invest in you if that makes sense absolutely great way to put that that's uh you go take take that away i'm gonna quote on that i'm gonna quote you on that one there yeah you go. go on you can you can quote me on that one we'll switch, there you go. We'll switch best it. ever short film ever invest in yourself why would anyone else want to invest in you i see, mean that's seems like so i see i feel as if i want to put that on an instagram post with that like uh I don't know, one of those motivational posters, you know, like a wolf in the I background. I can see it on one of those quote websites. Yeah. I could see your name there, Ryan Walker quote. <laughs> I have to sign it at the bottom, don't I? Because I'm just that narcissistic. <laughs> I have to put my name on it. God, <laughs> you know. So you've got the school and all that sort of stuff done. So what's next? You've, you've done the film. What's, what's What you got in the pipeline? Um, I've got, I want to do another feature as soon as possible, another feature film. Uh, Matriarch was fantastic, you know, it was an amazing experience and it, you know, changed my career, uh, but it was done on a shoestring. I really <laughs> want to do a, a feature film where I've got a bit more time, a bit more budget. Yeah. So I have several feature films um, in development and so... Um, I'm hoping to do one of those next year. Um, I've also got some TV stuff, some pilots and all, all sorts of stuff. I've got a lot of projects 
go in. <laughs> Can't even remember them all. I know we got we shot a pilot uh, for a TV show um, during COVID, which was good. It's a mockumentary about actors. So all the stuff that I know about actors and through social media, we just put it all into a sitcom with storyline, and oh, we brilliant. shot a pilot for that. It was fantastic. I'll, I'll send you the teaser for that. That's great. Cool. We're actually thinking about releasing that, just re- self-releasing it um, okay. into social media r- rather than go down the normal track of going through commissioning because it just takes so long. We're actually thinking about, you know what? This stuff is great. Let's, yeah. let's just put it out there and see what yeah. happens. I think it's the new age now of that. It's yeah. doing it, you know. Make it into like a web it's series a, sort of thing, you know. A block a we- a we- yeah, yeah, we're going to do webisodes, probably three-minute oh, webisodes, isn't it? And so, I mean, it's quite niche because it's kind of insider stuff with actors, but yeah, people are also in, you know, pe- the general public are also quite interested in actors in their lives yeah. as well. Definitely. So I think it will work very well. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited to start working with a DP, a local DP called Ian Livesey. I mentioned him before. He's a really talented guy. Um, so we've got a lot of plans, but I think feature film is the next thing another feature film for me is next on the list oh, there we go and i always say that when your next uh, um your first major premiere in los angeles i would like you to think that there was gonna be an invite for me slipped in underneath the door i would like to think that too i would like to think <laughs> there'd be a premiere in la i know but I that. Hey, you never know you never know hopefully it does hopefully it does so obviously scott it's been great to have you all your details guys if you listen i'm going to put in the description Everything you can do with Scott, he's obviously he's, uh, um, obviously online training school that you've got. I'm going to put a link to that actual short film, which is going to be there. Have a look at it, like it, share it with your friends, get that out there because we want we want to get Scott to win this because it's a great film and it's got a great message. So get involved, guys. All right, and uh, yeah, we'll put all your website, all the good stuff about it, so you can catch up and be a complete stalker to Mister Scott Vickers. So. Um, <laughs> Don't say I didn't warn you because my listeners are mental. So, <laughs> but I love them really. I do. Buy my buy my gear. Watch my YouTube show. <laughs> I'm begging you. Oh, bless. Now nah, looking. But Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate it. And uh, likewise, uh, it's um, wish all the luck in the world for your obviously your uh, the, the short film. I think I'm going to see you. A name and lights in the next few years, I would imagine. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, it's been great. And we didn't say fuck once. Ah, oh, fucking hell. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a beer. When, when I'm in London next time, we'll meet up for a beer. Definitely, mate. Definitely. Or, or Essex. Or Essex. Essex. Eh, why not? Why not? It's all good fun, isn't it? Right. Absolutely. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. Me too. Pleasure, mate. Speak soon. <laughs>